Welcome to the 52 Love Podcast, your show for 52 love lessons in 52 weeks. Before we dive in, remember you can find the video version of this episode on YouTube along with the rest of the series. And now here's your host, Ms. Tanya Todd. Hi, everyone. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the 52 Love Podcast, the show that teaches you to treat love as a verb. 52 Love began as a blog series last year, 52 Love Lessons in 52 Weeks. This week or this year, we are exploring each of those tips with a new guest each week. And this week's tip is to role play with your partner and indulge in fantasies. I'm going to let my guest explain why she is uniquely tailored to explore this tip with you. Would you like to introduce yourself and tell my audience what you do? Hello, wonderful <laughs> audience. First of all, I want to say thank you for inviting me here. I love the podcast. We have explored a handful of them, me and my partner. I'll get into that later, but first off, my name is Devra. Uh, my main hat in life is a sexuality consultant. I like that name, it's fine, but I really prefer the term play Sherpa. So whatever you're getting into, like what do I want? Why do I want it? And how do I ask for it in a way that's mutually satisfying? Like I gotta be satisfied, my partner's gotta be satisfied. There's a lot of variables and it's sometimes very tricky water if you don't have an atmosphere where you can talk about those things. Mm -hmm. So I create the atmosphere of like, let's get into the actual play of it, the fantasy of it, because that's where somebody's patterns can be unfolded. We can see where the power dynamic is. We can see what their love language is. We can see, you know, what is going to really fit them so they can communicate this to their partner. Because they might be walking around with it forever and mm -hmm. not, you know, and, and just be like, well, I can't express this to somebody simply because they, we don't have that language. We don't have that communication going. So I, communication, I, that's yes. the thing right there. So I'm sure Man. we will get into that. <laughs> yes, especially when you gave me the assignment of fulfilling fantasies. And that's <laughs> and I, I will say that even though she is an expert, I made her do the tip. You know, she still yes. had to experiment. So <laughs> And I'm really grateful that you did that because we didn't do it once, but we did it twice because the first time was a flop. So just Ooh. because you know things doesn't you know, doesn't mean that I wasn't reacting in a certain way that just didn't make the scene unfold and we had to have a break and say, Ugh, wait a minute. You know, like, yeah. I'm not feeling this the way that I, I would like to feel it or, or that I did feel it when I fantasized about it. And that was a very important moment to stop and shift and recalibrate our energy. And then our energy. communicate, yeah. Yes, absolutely. The communication is the number one thing. And I will say my, 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 our setup. Okay, so let me back up and tell. So... <laughs> Because there's a lot, and it's a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun doing it, and we're always wanting to be adventurous. And one would think, doing what I do, I should be, like, role-playing my butt off. But we don't. It's, it's actually pretty boring, unless it's just like, hey, what are you in the mood for? So this was a, a, a trick for that. So I said, okay, babe, usually we go along with my fantasy. So I write erotica, too, and I'm, I'm doing all sorts of blog things that have to do deal with the deeper essence of sensuality. I'm like, what do you, I, I know you, I know your fantasy, but what else would you like to play with? And yeah. out of the blue, he was just like, do you want to do a Dungeons and Dragons scene? And I'm like, a what? Like, 
word. And God bless him. He's a very intelligent person who grew up playing with different board games and puzzles, and he likes a puzzle. You say he's a nerd like you're not a yeah. hot nerd. Oh, we're, we're definitely in nerd camp. You know, yeah. I want a t-shirt that says nerds assemble. Okay. <laughs> so he's got all the books, too. And I don't know anything about Dungeons and Dragons. Didn't grow up with that. I grew up reading romance novels, which probably led to the career, right? Mm -hmm. So, and he's got all these manuals and stuff. He's like, well, pick You're one. Like, Corsets, I'm in, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fairies, wizards, special skill sets. I, I don't know. So he, I picked one because this one, I don't know. I'm going to hold it up so you can remotely see. It's called City of the Spider Queen. Freaky. I had snakes, spiders, all that kind of stuff. I love a villain. I love to play the villain. Something about her that I can get that dark and that kind of mysterious because I'm, I'm super bright, super like I'm your cheerleader in normal life. <laughs> so it's, I'm balancing that other side with like, I want to crush you. So, <laughs> which is where it, it goes amiss. Like, I'm totally embracing the whole spider queen of, like, I'm going to lure you into my, my web. And he's all about it. Like, he, he was like, you want to do what? I'm going to be your victim. I'm just going to lay here and, and do this. And him picking a, a different scenario like he's a wizard like we're we're going back and forth with casting magic spells upon each other mm -hmm. and and saying okay right now you're going to be um centrally hypnotized so you fall into this 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 you know yes you 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 can't do anything to me but i can't resist it right. that kind of <laughs> that kind of play where it's so easy to be vulnerable because you're in that character right. and you're you're there's nothing open. you can do you're there's under nothing a spell. oh is is it pleasurable to you don't worry it's not your it's not your doing you don't have right. to make up anything about that i don't want to like it yeah, yeah. <laughs> but do it harder yeah but it feels so good <laughs> it feels so good but oddly enough because i was so in my head about wanting to be the spider queen and have all of these scenarios unfold and all of these spells that I wanted to do I got so into the scene that I lost my connection with him mm. and the fact that both of us were really just taking time out of our day to say I see you and I recognize right. the child in you that still wants to play yeah. with me like my best friend like he's my best friend so anytime that we're too busy with life or too overwhelmed with whatever emotional stuff is coming up for both of us. That's sort of my signal to be like, oh wait, we need to we need to reconnect in a way that's mutually satisfying. Yeah. Most of that we can usually do with just like a melting hug, where it's just like my heart is gonna connect with your heart. We're gonna mm -hmm. do nothing but sync up our breathing. And we'll do that during sex too. It's like if my mind, cause my, that's where my mind goes. I'm always in story. I'm always in my head which doesn't allow me sometimes to just sink into the body. It is what it is. So and at least you you're know, aware of this. I'm very aware of this because I sex and uh, sexual satisfaction with him is a huge priority. You know, I'm, I, I'll be 40 this year and it was only in this last 10 years that I was able to be like, no, 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 this is, it's not just your writing. It's not just your work. It's, it's very much a priority to to connect with him on a regular basis because why else would you 
put all that time and effort. You know, it's it's not yeah. for convenience sake, that's for sure. But it's in those moments of finally reconnecting and just like, oh, we're good. We're good. Life is good. Whatever problems were going on, you know, it, mm-hmm. it, they disappear. They disappear pretty quick. So this went amiss halfway through, uh, you know, I'm, I'm playing with the bondage stuff of I have a running fantasy of being it's called mummification. Mm-hmm. So it's it's but with silk in my mind, like a spider silk where it's it's gentle wrapping. So you're you're not you're bound and constricted in a, a loving way. It's not tight. It's not um, shibari bondage or anything mm-hmm. like that. It's it's just a very like you have wiggle room, but at the same time you're thinking your lover is going to take advantage of you and yeah, suck you dry, yeah. <laughs> so to speak. That doesn't translate necessarily to a you know a Saturday afternoon in which we were both tired from working out and had a full belly, you know. <laughs> from eating lunch it was just yeah. like okay it is what it is so we we took a you break need to do and that kind like, of thing before lunch <laughs> or something or just or, or just as like, lunch yes or <laughs> as lunch it's like feed me during this that would yeah. be phenomenal too so knowing that and taking a break from that and just knowing that i was in my head and you know he was having fun and bless his heart bless his heart he's a grown man you know he's the kind of man he's like babe I don't care if we come. It's not about the orgasm. It's never it's about, about that. Yes. It's like, I want to be with you and spend time with you and have that lusciousness of togetherness. And that's a blessing because I, I, it takes me a minute to get there, to get to that kind of awareness and yeah. that kind of, of le- love, that kind of really visual love. So we took a break, went about our thing. And I'm sitting there and I'm working on a, a it's an anti-romance about wolf erotica. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's been a lot of fun. But I'm sitting there working on that. I'm like, okay, wait. We went into villains and all of this upkeep and it's really fun. I want to revisit that. But what I'm needing right now is that primal feeling of like, just fuck me. Mm-hmm. Whatever the more intellectual you get sometimes, the more that your mind tends to go into the primal and need that primal response of like, grab me by the hair, throw me down, fuck me, tell me I'm a good girl or a bad girl or whatever girl I am at that time. But this one had to do with the whole wolf fantasy. So I was like, babe. I have a chapter yeah. for you to read. All the stuff you're oh, saying yay! is like, yay! <laughs> yeah, it's more fodder back to, for you us. Are, what, what is my target audience? You. Yes, you are my target yes. audience. <laughs> I want to play in all the ways that are not like stereotypical. I don't need a primer. Like, you know, we don't need the primer of, I get the whole Fifty Shades thing. I don't want to put shade on that simply because for a lot of people who never got to experience maybe mm-hmm. what they like in the romance erotica world, that's a good start. That's right. a really good start to play with maybe BDSM, maybe sadomasochism. It can look like any scenario because it's right. just it's a It's not fantasy. a good example of it, but it is a good start yeah. if you have an interest <laughs> right. in that and haven't been able to see that anywhere else. It did open mm-hmm. doors for people to learn more. 
Yeah, if you weren't a person who, who uh, at the age of 15 snuck around and watched um, Bram Stoker's Dracula when mm. you were 15, you know, if, you, if your mind wasn't blown then. Monica Bellucci is all I'm saying. Start with something <laughs> else. Start with the stuff. The light stuff is cool. And then you can you can work your way into the, the different niches. So the part of it is sort of isolating the kind of fantasy that really resonates. And that can be tricky. That can be tricky. Yeah. There's a there's a crap ton of porn out there, but it's it's conveyor belt style. I mean, more and more, I think we're we're being exposed to people who are more artistic, who want to mm-hmm. put the story elements into it. Um, they they say that more women are story driven versus men who are more visual. I'm not so sure that that's completely true anymore because these current generations are growing up in a more visual era. Mm-hmm. It could be, um, for all I know, you know, the data's not in. So if you can find a really good erotic scene in a movie, like that one was, like that does it for me. I have to watch that. I'm just like, let's go play wolf. So we, <laughs> so we went and played wolf mad, you know, uh, about we were both wolves. And like, because uh, the scene that I'm writing in my story has to deal with this this village of women mm-hmm. who who are raised, who were raised or kind of incorporated by a wolf tribe from back in the day. Long story. But at the same time, she gets to be like the most primal wolf self. And what she wants more than anything is to find a match, a worthy match for her. Mm-hmm. A man, a wolf man that is basically like, I got you. Red Sonia style. If you can beat me in a fight, then you can have me. Yep. <laughs> totally. And that, yes. Yes. That's, ooh. That might be my next role play. <laughs> that, that totally might be our next cosplay. Hey, babe. He's, he won't hate that, but that's, right? that's very much the vein of what I was missing and needing in that moment is to have his primal B self just be like, bitch, I'm going to throw down. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna do it. No thinking allowed. And I, yeah. I very much loved that. And it was very primal but sensitive and because he knows me and he knows my body and I'm very verbal about yes, touch me here and, and do this and like and then when I get going, it's <laughs> let me throw you on the back and like oh. <laughs> It's all it's it's the buffet time where I can just explore and have fun with him and we can both be wolves. Yeah. With some howling. Cuz that's that's applicable. You know, we live alone. Our kids are gone. What whatever Holler. works yeah. for you though, right? Yeah, whatever works for you. You know everyone is wanting a howl right now. <laughs> Hopefully you're going to get a howl, go find a quiet place. Maybe you got to go in your car. But if you can tap into that that moment of primal where you can you can just let loose i think it it knocks off a lot of the layers that keep us from a to b mm-hmm. you know stepping into i have to have some kind of switch in my head that allows me to say i deserve to be pleasured right now i do a lot i i want to give a lot but mm-hmm. in order to do that i have to keep feeding myself i have to i have to feed myself these pleasurable things and keep filling the well. I think role play is an excellent avenue to do that. But especially with a lot of clients that I deal with who might have some past trauma, who might mm-hmm. have a lot of childhood stuff usually comes up. 
a lot of, um, you know, oddly enough, you, you don't have to be traumatized at any point to be kinky. You just have to be natural. Like we're, we're creative creatures. We grow up playing different archetypes until we find the one that fits, hopefully. And usually 20 plus years later, we find the one that really fits because it's just like, I, I don't have any more time to not play this person that I really want to be. Yeah. So yeah. how would you recommend someone new to this kind of thing introduce it to their partner without, you know, because it's a scary Freaking and vulnerable thing. Yeah, it's like, mm -hmm. I don't want you to judge me for saying this, but communication is important. If you don't say it, you're not going to get what you want. Exactly. We're, we have a running joke in the house is um, a closed mouth, don't get fed. Mm -hmm. if, you, if you can't find a way to express it, then you're not going to get it. And to assume that your partner should be the be all end all and know your fantasy and know how to deliver it is in a way very childish. It's, it's sexually immature. It's so unfair. It's, it puts so much pressure on that person. There's an infinite it, amount of fantasies out there. You can't possibly know for sure which one somebody else is going to want. Or how to deliver it. Unless you've had it. the conversation. Yes. <laughs> yes. Or how to deliver it. And that we get into too. So if I, if, so a lot of couples, usually it's one, one, the person, one, they're like, hey, I have this fantasy. Say I want to get into limp play where she is um, drugged or unconscious and I'm free to explore her body and pleasure her, but she's wanting it to happen. She's responding pleasurably. How do I tell that to my partner without freaking them out? I don't want to be rejected. I don't want them to think I'm a freak. You know, there's a lot of stuff mm -hmm. that goes into unpacking the fantasy and we'll go through different scenarios. But what I tell them basically is like, okay, you want your fantasy? You have to ask what their fantasy is first. Anything you want, possibly want, you have to give and then you'll get it in return. It's the law of reciprocity. So sit down and be like, babe, what have you been, you know, have you been playing with any kind of fantasies? What would you really like to do? And if you don't know, let's watch some porn. Let's find a romance novel do you have a you know a scene in a story that really really resonates with you that's just like i get off on this all the time <laughs> <laughs> and with the with the complete admission and assumption that you don't have to enact that fantasy right it's just foreplay it's just getting the primer uh, the pump primed mm -hmm. so as soon as you know somebody takes their very secret fantasy and tries to Related in real life, shit goes sideways. It goes sideways fast. Especially because here's this perfect thing that I have in my mind because I have control over it. Right. All the elements, I have all the control. Uh, they're going to say what I want them to say, do what I want them to do, and do it automatically. When that translates to the real life, mm. and then you're like, no, 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 not my fantasy, not my secret. You know? <laughs> Please don't crush it. So at the same time, it's, it's, the juggling act between who do you want to be, who do I want to be. So, okay, they've found a romantic scenario and both of them are on board. That's important. If, you, if, if one of you is not feeling the scene for whatever reason, it makes them uncomfortable. And you'll know by this feeling in your body of shame, guilt, disgust, 
um, pretty pretty much you're gonna stiffen. Your your whole being is gonna stiffen and retract. Like that's not a scene for you. That might be a scene to be discussed later, especially mm -hmm. if your partner's really into it. But that's not the scene for you. The scene for you is when both of you can have this just this spark that goes off about yeah i think i've always wanted to be her i think i've always wanted to get into my nasty without being all these other things that i thought it was supposed to be mm -hmm. so for example I, I have a a guy who writes oh uh, what is he he gets into more of the physical domination type right okay. so he's a roman soldier and he wants he wants a very strong dominant woman to subdue him and make violent, passionate love to him, make him like, a beloved slave. Is his name Mark Antony? <laughs> right. <laughs> mm. he, I get where you're going with that, but yeah, yeah. So, oddly enough, she's looking. So, say it was a Mark Antony type, and she's looking through the different archetypes of what can balance that, like what fits her. Mm -hmm. So, we have a, a Cleopatra archetype, we have an Amazonian queen archetype and they're so they're so different we have more of a goddess archetype so mm -hmm. what are they the romans aphrodite or uh venus so she picks um the amazon queen because for whatever she's athletic she really loves the idea of being able to like tussle with him and be physical mm -hmm. with him so for whatever reason those two matched really well and she got to play the role so when they did figure that out, I was like, okay, if you can, you don't have to, but if you can, get the costuming that goes with. Yes. So he gets to do the toga. He gets to embody that, you know, go to the gym, whatever, get sweaty. I, I, I don't know. You know, like ha play with your sword. And she gets to do the Amazonian queen. So it's yeah. like a, a leopard bikini and sandals that lace up your legs or, or, or something like that so they could meet in a different kind of way in their costume and they both had to get dressed separately they couldn't see each other before they were going to play so they both were in role and then they and the other tip so I they arrive like, in in costume and in character mm -hmm. and there's less friction between who i'm going to be and who i used to be yeah or who i am on the the outside right I will say for people who are beginning, if you can, it's not necessary, but it really, really helps to go into a neutral territory that you normally wouldn't make love in. So if you normally make love in your bedroom, we all do, don't start there. You can end up there where it's nice and comfortable and you have your favorite pillows and lube and all that stuff, but start in a neutral territory where you normally wouldn't have. So you, the energy of that space is more conducive to those those characters being able to be free to play. Mm -hmm. And that usually is fun enough to <laughs> take it someplace else, <laughs> take it where it's comfortable or right. stay there. Yes. So. And what was the second thing you were saying? First change separately and what's the second thing? To meet in a neutral area. Oh, okay, so that was Yes, the neutral okay. space, yes. Third thing, aftercare. Aftercare is very, very important, especially when you have been a different person and you're transferring, you're, you're going back into yourself. Mm -hmm. A lot of people find that when they play 
different roles. It's startling. Um, they're, they, they jump into it and they say things and they do things and they don't know where they come from. They're like, I had no idea that this was inside of me, that this mm-hmm. needed to come out, or I, I wanted to talk about this, or I want to explore this. That can be alarming to a lot of people, especially if it's very um, counterintuitive to who they are in, in real life. Like their their core beliefs are, you know, I'm a really loving person, I'm kind, I'm generous. But then it, it's just like, I'm Then they're screaming obscenities at yes. someone and calling them lots of dirty names that maybe they get off on Spanking in the moment, them. but afterward yes. it's like, yes. I just said that to the person I love. <laughs> you know? Yes. What does that make me? Am I really that person? What what's what does that mean to me? So in the space of aftercare, when the scene is finished, to not run off and change, to not go in your separate corners or take a shower automatically, it's very much like, okay, we're going to stay here and breathe together and look in each other's eyes and relate to each other, communicate how this made me feel. All of it. You know, I loved this part. I really, really loved this part. I loved when you did this. You know, when you stroked my inner thigh and then you used your nails on my back, like my whole body came alive and I just wanted to cling on to you and wrap around you like a vine. And I, I haven't experienced that need between us in a long time and going back and forth and then being like, this is what is a little concerning to me. This is where this made me stop for a moment. It took me out. When we when we talk about being out of the story or out right. of the, the, the whole the conversation. Yeah. yeah. It's usually those feelings of discomfort of, you know, you said this in this kind of way and being very, very conscious and respectful of like, this isn't you, this is my experience. You didn't do anything wrong. This was how I felt about it. Right. This was my response to it, but you did mm-hmm. nothing wrong. This is just mm-hmm. how I responded. Continuously giving that love affirmation, that those kind of cues that said, I want to keep exploring with this. Here's all this good and this little sliver of like, I don't know what this is. Yeah. Yeah. But what you're saying is the communication needs to extend to the aftercare. Mm-hmm. And the aftercare, if, if, played with like that ends up being the foreplay for the next event nice so it's it's all it's a this lovely cycle <laughs> yes it's um i hate that like the, the whole circular one it doesn't do it for me it's it's it is the infinity loop yeah yeah and just or unless you have that snake that eats itself i can never think <laughs> of that name it's catechist isn't it? <laughs> you would probably know better than i would so having that kind of flow and, and directing that kind of flow of energy and staying with it. And it's a practice. You know, one one episode will never be like another one. Um, I'm interested in doing the Spider Queen again because I do have a deeper appreciation of what he was asking for. Mm-hmm. You know, like he likes it when I, I can be slow and sinuous and seductive, but not... Not so wrapped up in everything that I'm trying to rush, mm-hmm. because it's then it becomes a thing on my to do list, and he hates yeah, that. And I don't blame him. I know, I know. Nobody like, wants I'm to be a, a thing on your to do list. <laughs> nobody wants to be the thing on the to do list, even though it's just there is a point where I have fetishized that. To the <laughs> point <laughs> I, I've just made that like 
you know, you're my fuck toy today. <laughs> you're going to be my fuck toy today at three o'clock and I'm going to use you and, and just like suck out all your energy and like, there are you worse know, gigs. <laughs> right. And I think that awareness though, of like needing, yeah. like I need that quickie because I have a whole bunch of stuff to do, but I also acknowledge you. I also see that you want to be my toy. You, mm-hmm. you want to be my man slut. So I'm going to use that for all it's worth. Cause it's, <laughs> it's there. It's so, so tell us how your book is an anti-romance. I, I want to hear okay. the anti-romance wolf story. You told us okay. a bit about the wolf part, yeah, yeah. but you didn't say how it's an anti-romance. Yes. So I grew up reading romance novels and I really learned to love the tease and denial aspect of a romance novel. They're very good. If sometimes formulaic, like you can find a story or an author who does such an exceptional job at building up the tease and denial of every scene that by Mm -hmm. page 120 or whatever it is, when they finally do have sex, you're just like, yes. And then, you know, it's, it's so formulaic every 50 pages or something, they have to have an encounter. But I went back and I tried to enjoy it in the same way that I did in my twenties and that wasn't happening. I maybe, I think it has to do with the fact that I am in a romance story. You know, I, I am yeah. very much being satisfied and we're building our romance story and our happily ever after. And that, that part of me that loves the darkness mm-hmm. is like, yeah, but let's try the anti-version. Let's, let's go for this other world of what does it look like when things go wrong, but in a really good way, in a really, really satisfying way. It feels more true to life in the same way that um, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger mm-hmm. in that essence. And it also feels like I can play with the different elements of fetish and horror and the eroticism that you would not find in normal romance. Right. You, you just can't. So having a little sprinkle here and there. So this story... <laughs> I keep, I keep seeing we're we're joking about it because all the stories that come out about Nazis during World War II, and everybody loves to have a revenge porn scenario with Nazism. So Tarantino's films, let's rewrite history and like really make the Nazis suffer as much as possible. Mm -hmm. And I understand that. I understand that. I have a lot of different clients who want to play with different role play scenarios like that as in it can be empowering it's very very empowering to go to that place of i'm a jewish man my grandparents were survived the holocaust i heard nothing but those stories growing up specifically you know we we can't forget never never forget so but what is that like to a child who's absorbing that kind of thing and wanting that never to happen but still like they can't wrap their minds around it because they'll never hopefully never experience something to the depth of that emotion but they they want to relate to it because that's where they're from like that's where their people are from that's Mm -hmm. the things that we've internalized again and again so a lot of them will want to play out the jewish nazi fantasy where they have a woman who is dressed in the Nazi garb doing things to them, like experimenting on them. Nowhere in it is the actual atrocities that happened during the Holocaust. Right. 
it's it's a way to I'm going to take this horrible thing that happened and I'm going to take power over it. I'm going to take pleasure from it so it will never be able to hurt me. Mm-hmm. So anytime a fantasy goes in that direction to those intensities, it's our psyche basically saying, I am going to figure out a way so noth- those things can never hurt me. I'll be prepared. I'll, I'll fetishize it. I will make it into something very erotic and very pleasurable. So the female becomes this reflection of all the things that you can't possibly, you know, the void of not knowing what that's like. But she's she's sadistic, she's cruel, but at the same time she's, you know, she's putting all her time and attention and focus into making you the slave. Which is it's very it's very intricate, but at the same time it can be a lot, it can be very cathartic. Yeah, and, and, and I've, I've heard a similar kind of thing from black people who reenact slave situations that, yes, you know, there's something empowering and wearing the shackles because you want to and mm. taking back the power of that scenario. Yes. Not, not letting it hurt you anymore. Yes. I, yes, that's, I'll be honest with you, I love those conversations. The ones that are the, the deepest, the ones that come from something that is traumatic, the one that's, that, like, those have the most power to empower somebody else. Mm-hmm. Like, when, and, when they're and eventually in that situation. eventually begin the healing process, you know? Uh, yes. The, especially when you're asking somebody to do this horrible thing. And you're saying, I need you to wear the shoes of somebody that, of an abuser essentially would have killed yeah. me yeah would have would have killed me in the past and for you to transcend that and for you know that that's a big and ask to understand on that both sides. it's an ask based on the trust that they already have yes and that the <laughs> getting to that trust and i think sometimes you do get lucky enough to meet somebody who who gets to be with you in such a way that you automatically know that you're loved by them. Mm-hmm. Like that's that person. Like that person loves you because of your skin color, because of your racial history, because of your culture. Like they love everything about that. And sometimes that is the best person to ask to play that role because they the foundation is coming from love. Find that in the in you know, in everyday world. Yeah, you Yeah. I believe in the power of intention. I totally get when I've I've asked for something, it shows up. And a lot of uh, the clients I work with do the same thing. They're like, I, I really want to explore this. And they get to the end of that road and they're, they have that moment of surrender, of breakthrough. And it is... Intention it is and manifestation. Like a hundred years of suffering is sliding off them into wow. just a puddle of in the floor. And like those they will never be triggered again well they might be in like little pieces because that programming is very deep but they will never be triggered to the point where they could possibly hate so deeply that they turn into the abuser if that Mm -hmm. makes sense yeah it does and those are the people who ask for that too they're like i'm so affected by this i don't want to become this person like it could make me into this person it could make me racist it could make me hate it could make me go after people and victimize them because uh, my the sense of justice has not been mm-hmm. fulfilled. So we go through a lot of that stuff too. 
but that's that's rare and far between in in different in different kind of playlands. For scenarios like that, I will say those people get homework and they get to write out. They get to journal their butts off. <laughs> so a lot of a lot a lot a lot of the emotional stuff has to come through the page. So it stops taking up so much space in the head. It's taking up a lot of space. Like a lot yeah. of people's their fantasies, man, they're running the show. The subconscious is totally running the show most of the time. And until we have that, like, yeah, but what is this really saying? Then we can get into the play. And the play yeah. is healing. The play is, is luxury. Getting back to that space where I miss being a kid, you know? <laughs> like, I'm a serious person, obviously. Like, I'm obsessive about certain things. So when you're when you're dealing with people who are very serious, what they need more than anything is to to ask their child, like their inner child, the child mm -hmm. that never grew up. You right. know, I'm still somewhere six years old in there, in here. Like I'm still like, what do you need? Like, what can we play with? What today? does your inner child need? Mm -hmm. And that will translate to whatever role play or scenario that that ends up and sometimes you know, like, that's a dungeons and dragons fantasy yes it is it totally <laughs> was for him and now i started reading this right because there was i mean fantasy people don't play around no. like <laughs> they're so invested it's so great and i'm just like man well, rather, they're serious about their play you know <laughs> they're so serious and if you go to a park and you watch children play mm -hmm. they're so serious about it like they're they're completely that character. Whatever they're playing, if they're playing house, they're mom. They're mom. Like you can't talk <laughs> about of it either. It's like no, you're gonna put this over there. You know, I'm I, mom, I, and yeah. you'll do what I say. <laughs> yes. Like this, I'm not playing, so you shouldn't play too. Oh, that's lovely. I just opened that <laughs> picture, and it looks like this spider is it's throwing up. So maybe I won't <laughs> go into that right now. But <laughs> sexy. Yeah. <laughs> Well, thank you very much for sharing yes. this this with us and you're going into so much detail about the fantasy that you were fulfilling. Yes. Because, you know, you have to lead by example and be open and express it. Why don't you tell the audience how they can best support you, where they can find your blog and your writing and, you know, how to get in touch with you if they need your help. Okay, there's a crap ton. Because you can look <laughs> anywhere and there's going to be handles anymore. So I'm on social media. So, okay. First things first, if uh, you want to know more about different kind of fetishes, we have a series called Dear Sweet and Low that's on YouTube, and that goes in pretty much in, into as much depth as we can on, on YouTube mm -hmm. about the different kind of fetishes and fantasies and role play and how to get involved in that. And then I have a hypnosis channel for the people who actually want to relax and get into their their deeper sensuality. So that, that could be like a, a prompting session before they go into lovemaking to really say, no, no, I, I, I get to be pleasured. I get to be this vessel of pleasure. Uh, what else? Okay, the two books coming out this year, I have, it, it's the light and dark. It's the, <laughs> the wolf story is called Tell the Wolves I'm Home. And I'm probably going to self-publish that, probably. And then the other one is Breathing for Busy People. So it's it's all the non-help, non-help, 
<laughs> I almost wanted to call it anti-self-help because I'm in the anti-mode of just being like, no, I don't want your... Anti-romance, anti-self-help. Yes. <laughs> like, I'm not telling you anything. I'm just telling you all the crap that I did that didn't work. So <laughs> take what you will and run with that. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, I have the blog that's called A Thousand and One Nights in Las Vegas, which is everything about leaving and living in Las Vegas. And that one gets pretty, pretty graphic, pretty raw. And that's on medium, because why not? I like medium, yeah. <laughs> but thank you, everybody who's who's listening. I really appreciate the time and the effort. Um, you definitely get to play as if you were a child. You definitely do. Wonderful. Well, thank you, everyone, for watching and listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please let Deborah know in the comments. Please like, share, and subscribe. And until next time, remember to treat love as a verb. Thank you.